What up, world? Welcome back to another Locked On Blazers. I am Mike Richmond, Blazer beat writer and pass first point guard. The Blazers ended their seven game marathon road trip with a loss in Memphis on Tuesday. Uh, we'll start there in Memphis, but I also want to talk about later in this episode chemistry, a buzzword that's going around the NBA and the Blazers' big upcoming game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But let's start in Memphis, where the Blazers led for 44 minutes of a game that ended a 13-day trip, two weeks away from home, three weeks if you count the All-Star break. They hadn't. Many of these guys had not been home in 20 days, and it kind of looked like it down there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Blazers never had a, had a big lead. Obviously, they were up double digits in the first half, but this wasn't one of those where they blew a, a, a massive lead. Um, the Grizzlies never got down by a whole bunch. They're down 16, I think, in the first half. Um, it was a two-point game at halftime. Like this, this one was close. The Blazers held off the Chargers in the third quarter. They held off the Chargers in the fourth quarter. With about eight minutes left, Mike Conley, Grizzlies point guard, twisted his ankle and went to the locker room. Blazers got up by nine. This one looked like it was over. We were looking at the best road trip in the history of the Portland Trail Blazers going 6-1 and one on the road. It was time to celebrate and all those things. The Blazers with had truly changed their fortunes. Then Mike Conley got his ankle taped up, and he came back and he won the game. Uh, he finished with 40. Obviously, the, the dagger moment came with about a minute 40 left when he snaked around a screen, kind of pulled up short, drew a foul on Mo Harkless, hit the three, fell down, got the foul, started doing a little swim move at the foul line, literally swimming on his tummy. Um, and that was it. Bingo, bango, bongo. It's a two-point game to a six-point game. Grizzly scored 38 in the fourth quarter. It was a uh, it was a good night to be a point guard for Memphis. DeLon Wright matched his career high. Little brother of former Blazer great Darrell Wright, 25 points on 9 of 13. Conley was really good. Conley was really good. Um, and, and the Grizzlies have this weird incentive where they kind of need to win games. So they play veterans. They play Joe Kim Noah. They play Jonas Valanciunas. They uh, give Avery Bradley and C.J. Miles a bunch of time. Uh I don't know if if Joakim Noah falls in the the veterans we need to play because we need to win importance, um, but it's the reason why um, you know Bruno isn't playing a ton of minutes and Tyler Dorsey, who they traded for, isn't playing a ton of minutes, and they're not just rolling out Ivan Rab for thirty five minutes a night. They want to win uh, because they want to. They have a top eight protected pick that they really want to convey to the Celtics so they can begin their rebuild in earnest. So this was an important win for the Grizzlies. This wasn't just sort of like one of those bad lottery-bound teams accidentally lucking into a win over a playoff team. This was a team that needed to win, and they went out and won the game. Um, I don't think this is a big deal or a big loss or a significant loss for the Blazers. You know, every single one of them seemed to take this to social media after the game and say, uh, you know, good trip trying to head back home. And I, I, I tend to agree with them. I think five and two is a good trip. I think this is, if you had told, if, if, if they, if you had told them or if you had told fans that they were going to go five and two, uh, 
and come back to Portland at five and two after this trip, they'd probably take it. Uh, you know, when you when you when you start out five and one, it changes the the flavor a little bit. When you lead a game for forty minutes, it, it, it changes maybe the perception of what this loss was. But I don't think this was a big deal. Um, you know, I think uh, I think they would have liked to win. I think they had a chance to win, and they just didn't do it. The, the Grizzlies won this game at the lines. They went 13 for 27 from three, and there were some t- intentional fouls late, but even if you take them out, the Grizzlies, they, they shot two. Both Conley and Wright went to the free throw line late in kind of the foul game situation, but if you take those four attempts out, the Grizzlies still would have had more free throw makes, 23, than the Blazers had attempts. Uh, Aminu and Nurkic, who have done a much better job this year getting to the free throw line, they're some of the most, I saw this from John Schumann at NBA.com, they're, they have the the first and second best improved free throw rate in the NBA. Nurk, number one, best imp- most improved free throw rate. Aminu, three. Wouldn't have guessed Alfred Aminu and jumped up that much in free throw rate. Neither of them got to the, got to the free throw line. Um, Blazers only 18 of 21 on the free throw line, which isn't a, a tiny, tiny number, but it's not quite. Uh, you know, when you're giving up 36 free throw attempts the other way, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a hole. And... They shot nine of twenty-nine from from three. That's, you know, that's below, you know, well below average. But it's only well below average by percentage. If you make one shot, you're creeping there. If you make two, you're slightly above average on the night. So, th- they just lost this game at the at the lines. They lost this game sort of on 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 getting easy free throw attempts and making a couple three pointers. And they just looked like they ran out of gas late. They just didn't have an answer for Conley late in this game. Uh, you know, you you lose a game on the road in the final four minutes on day 13 of a seven game road trip. That is legs. That's that. Um, that's just a night where you, where, where you didn't have enough juice left. It's hard to dig deep uh, when you've, when you've been gone from home all this time. And when you're on, when you're just dogging it from the uh, end of a road trip and, and, you know, they they get to go home now. Their reward is they get to go home for two days. So uh, I guess they earned it. Like I said, I think five and two is fine. I think five and two is a good spot. Um, I don't think this is a really terrible loss. I think this was a loss where they just they just didn't have it. They just didn't quite have it. When we get back in segment two, I want to talk about um, the Blazers' chemistry and the sort of chemistry word that's going around the NBA. Uh, and, and, and how that's valuable. And then in segment three, I want to talk about Thursday's big game. The Blazers get to go home and they get to play a big game against the OKC Thunder. But before we get there, I want to remind you guys that if you have a smart speaker in your car, when you hop in your motor vehicle for your morning commute, tell your speaker, play podcast Locked on Blazers. Uh, I try to keep these short and commute length time so you can make this part of your morning routine. So when you get in your car, tell your smart speaker, play Lockdown Blazers, improve your commute, improve your day. All right, let's talk about chemistry. Let's talk about the, the, uh, the thing that the Blazers get praised for constantly and all the time. Uh, this week, Yusuf Nurkic did a great interview in Sports Illustrated about um, about Damian Lillard's leadership and the Blazers understanding all their roles and guys accepting their sort of place on the team and and how he said not everyone around the league does that and this is it was a great interview um, legitimately a good interview uh, 
highly recommend. I, I believe it was Andrew Sharp, but I don't want to credit if it was one of Sharp's uh, colleagues. I don't want to credit someone else. Uh, yeah, it was Andrew Sharp. Yeah, Andrew Sharp. Great Q and A with Yusuf Nurkic on, on Sports Illustrated. Check it out. Um, but but it speaks to this thing that I've written about ad nauseum. Jason Quick has written about ad nauseum. Joe Freeman has written about ad nauseum. Everyone on the Blazer beat has has seemingly. Um, had multiple cracks at sort of explaining the Blazers' chemistry. I thought Jason had a fun story, um, I believe it published on Sunday, about Damian Lillard and Rodney Hood sharing a uh, a moment on the court about Baby Shark, a song that both of their uh, under-10-month-old children love. Actually, Rodney Hood has twins under nine months, but, it, but they're kids. They're, they're young children. They're not quite a year old children. Love this song, and they're playing in the arena in Charlotte, and Rodney Hood and Damien Lord are connecting about it, and then Rodney Hood goes off for 21 in the fourth quarter. I think that's unrelated, but it is a nice story, and it is a good illustration of uh, one of the Blazers' strengths. And I bring this up because it's, it's not as much about the Blazers, but we'll get back there, but it is sort of about what's happening in the rest of the league. Uh, last night in uh, in Oakland, after the Celtics uh, destroyed the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr said that the team's not playing with enough anger, enough fire, and then a reporter asked Kevin Durant, and he said, I thought we were supposed to play with joy. i got to disagree with Coach on that. Um, I think the Warriors are an interesting uh, case study in this chemistry thing because I don't think Kevin Durant super loves playing on this team. And they're going to win another championship this year. I, I, you know, it's like chemistry is important, but it's it mostly pulls the middle teams up towards the top and drags the best team down towards the middle. It's not it's it's not a panacea. It doesn't save teams. It doesn't. You cannot get along and win a lot of games. Uh, earlier this week in the Boston Globe, Gary Washburn. Uh, a columnist there, longtime columnist for the Globe, wrote a story about how Jalen Brown says the Celtics must fix the toxic environment. And I think this is well documented that that the Celtics don't seem to like each other and don't get along um, with one another. Uh, Maybe Kyrie and Kevin Durant can get together on the same team where they will not get along famously while playing for the Knicks. But we'll get there. But the Celtics, you know, they have this toxic culture, as as Jalen Brown wants to call it. They, they very clearly don't, if, if you watch their sort of body language on the bench, or you've watched them when they've had their ups and downs this year, they pretty clearly don't like each other. Or at least aren't, aren't super pals, I guess is a better way to say it. Because um, I don't know, I'm not around the team enough to say that they hate each other. But but the, the, the body language and, and, and just the way they act would the way the interviews have been and blah, blah, blah. And obviously this interview with Brown suggests that, 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 yeah, they have some issues. And yet they go into Oakland and win by 36. They're still a team that could win a championship. Obviously they're, they're further down in the standings than they'd like to be, and this season has been kind of a mess for the Celtics. And certainly part of that mess is probably a chemistry issue. But I guess my larger point is that chemistry gets a team... It gets a team pretty far. It gets a team to, you know, five wins on that road trip. But the thing that wins out in the NBA, the thing that's always going to win out in the NBA is talent. And the Blazers can cover up some of their talent deficiencies by getting along. And I think maybe 
quite honestly, some of the Blazers chemistry stuff is a little overstated. I'm not sure everyone in the locker room is super pals. I'm not sure everyone in the locker room does love their roles and accepts their roles, like Yusuf Nurkic says. They certainly play their roles and don't cause a stir in the media, but you're telling me that that uh, Seth Curry is super cool with shooting five times a game and Jake Lehman is, has been cool all year long knowing that he was the best small forward on the team for like six weeks and, and not starting or yada, yada, yada. Or, or Evan Turner, who genuinely gets along and appreciates uh, Damian Lillard a lot, they're legitimately friends, has been cool sort of getting yanked around with his role for three years. I mean, the, the guys are... The, there are little things that pop up in NBA locker rooms and stuff like that. And the Blazers overcome it by having a leader who is, I don't want to use this buzzword, but I can't think of a better one now. He's inclusive and straightforward. He's a no BS type guy in Damian Lillard. And I think that really helps um, when guys are frustrated with their roles and are confused about playing time and shots and all of the things that NBA players get mad about. They want to know when they're going to play and they want to know how many times they're going to get the, get to try to score. That Dame keeps things light. He keeps things. Um, he keeps things positive. He 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 immediately welcomes in new guys. You know, when you're here, you he, he treats you like you're part of the group immediately. You know, uh, as a good example, Mason Plumlee was 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 very close with Damian Lillard. He, they traded him away. Dame was not super happy about it. The front office had to come out on the practice court. Neil Olshay came out on the practice court and explained why he made the move. Hey, you guys are struggling. We have to make this trade. Yusuf Nurkic shows up. Him and Damian Lillard are now a classic buddy cop movie. You know, that's it. They, there is some chemistry stuff that's real. Um, Dame rolls with his guys. And I think that chemistry thing helps the Blazers do what they do each year, which is People think they're going to be mediocre and they're above average. They were third in the West last year, largely because of a 13-game winning streak. But, you know, they've stayed afloat this last four seasons because they get along, they get things done, and they sort of rack up regular season wins when bad chemistry craters some teams. Their good chemistry helps them rise to the top. But I look around the league and I don't think bad chemistry is going to sink the Warriors. I don't think bad chemistry is going to necessarily cost the Celtics in the playoffs. I think they're, I think talent will cost the Celtics, and I and I think the Warriors are too talented to get have any real repercussions in the playoffs. Now it might cost them down the line. It's very likely Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving leave. Damian Lillard isn't going to walk out the door. He's not going to demand a trade here this summer. So there are some real benefits of chemistry, and I think the Blazers have shown it. But I guess my big overarching point is that it's a little bit overrated, so don't get caught up in it. Speaking of chemistry, remember when Paul George went to a party with Russell Westbrook and then decided he was going to stay in beautiful Oklahoma City as opposed to going home to Los Angeles and play with LeBron James? Maybe your boy King James has some chemistry issues and some friendship problems. When we get back for segment three, I want to talk about, not about LeBron and friendships and chemistry, but about OKC coming to the Moda Center for a very big game on Thursday night. Welcome back. Still locked on Blazers. I'm still Mike Richmond. The Blazers have a monstrously important game on Thursday against Oklahoma City, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook and Billy Donovan. Shout out to Billy Donovan. He, I've criticized him a bunch as a coach. I thought he didn't know who to play and when, but he, um, for the most part, has done a fantastic job this year. Uh, 
Oklahoma City has lost three of four. Uh, three of those games, two losses. Paul George didn't play in, but he came back and played against the Minnesota Timberwolves and on Tuesday. And the Thunder, once one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, still probably rank up there, gave up 130 points to the T-Wolves. Their defense has struggled recently, um, but this is still a really tough game for the Blazers, even if OKC isn't playing at its all-world level or sort of that level where you thought maybe this is a dark horse Western Conference Finals team. Not even dark horse. This is a t- they're 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 just a team that could be in the Western Conference Finals when you just look at at their makeup. But as we stand here today, the Blazers have fallen to fifth due to tiebreaker reasons. Um, th- Houston, the surging Houston Rockets, who I've talked about in the last pod, they're just playing well and they're healthy now. They've they've climbed into third place. Also tied there with that same 39-25 record, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have won three of three meetings against the Blazers this season. And the Blazers sitting in technically fifth, although tied for third for, for our purposes, all, all uh, three and a half games back of second place, Denver. And five back of the Warriors. The aforementioned bad chemistry, but still very good Warriors. Um, So there isn't a tiebreaker at at stake here with OKC. But what there is, is if if the Blazers are going to make this move and get home court advantage, and, and, and we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about this, I think finishing third or fourth is paramount to the Blazers' playoff chances. I don't think you want to, this team wants to start a playoff series on the road. Uh, they certainly don't want to fall below fifth because then they're starting to play off a road against one of the very good teams in the Western Conference. So I, finishing third or fourth is 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 the season for these guys. It's it their their year's going to be defined by what they do in the playoffs. So they got to put them in a position to do something in the playoffs. They got to finish third or fourth. So this game against OKC is one of the biggest of the regular season so far. And like. Your boy, Mike Rice, always used to say, the first game after a road trip is often considered still a road game. So after 13 days on the road, the Blazers get an off day on Wednesday. They're chilling. They'll probably go to the practice facility, get a bunch of treatment. Um, a couple guys will get shots up, but mostly they'll just get help their bodies recover and take some, some mental time and physical time away from playing basketball. Because, you know, when you get 24 hours in the NBA, you got to take it. But they've got it. This is a really, really big one. Because if they if they win this game, it's effectively two games against OKC. Um, and, and they need to get space because, again, they don't have that tiebreaker there. They do have the tiebreaker with Houston. So putting themselves, you know, end up, ending up tied with the Rockets isn't as poisonous. Um, for the Blazers are unfortunate because they do have that tiebreaker. But they've they got to win this game against OKC. Um for me to feel like this team has a chance to finish with that third spot in the West. Uh, it'll be tough. You know, the, the, the Blazers have not, they've, they've had moments where they've guarded Paul George. Well, they've had moments where Paul George has just lit them up. Uh, traditionally, I think they've guarded Russell Westbrook. Well, I think Terry Stotts has schemed well against Westbrook to kind of lure him into doing the things that makes Westbrook bad, which is take a bunch of jumpers. Um, but this is a it's just it's a tough matchup for him. Yusuf Nurkic doesn't really have an advantage against um, 
against Steven Adams, and Nerlens Noel gave the Blazers problems last time uh, with his just energy and his athleticism off the bench. Uh, you know, they, they, they've they had a little bit of trouble just containing what Jeremy Grant does, spacing the floor and go get dunks, and they've, they've struggled a little, a little bit against... Uh, OKC's aggressive defense. What what the Thunder do better than anyone else is they pressure you. They get out and get steals. They lead the NBA in steals. Uh, they lead the NBA in points off steals. They just uh, Westbrook will gamble and uses athleticism to get the ball. Uh, Paul George is one of the best theft artists in the league. Grant's length is obviously uh, really useful. Terrence Ferguson has has blossomed a little bit in terms of that sort of uh, havoc creating type of fifth starter that they that they need. Um, Obviously, in the last game against OKC, uh, Raymond Felton went off. Uh, if we're lucky, we'll get to see him play in the Moda Center. That's always fun because he still gets booed seven years later for a time um, that he didn't think there was going to be an NBA season and showed up to work fat. Um, if I got booed for showing up to work a little bit out of shape, it would be a tough week. But hey, that's his life. Um, the, the, this is a big one. Uh if the Blazers lose, I, I think the sort of like, oh no, here we go again type of energy comes out of this one. And if they win, I can see the incredible, uh, incredible conference of confidence of Rip City already um, title waving over my home and making fun of me for thinking that they're probably the fifth best team in the West. But hey, we will see Thursday night in the Moda Center. A really fun one, just an, a fun game, legitimately a fun game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I will talk to you guys after that one. Like always, appreciate you for listening. Hit me up at Mike T. Rich on Twitter. Uh, I love, I love all you guys reaching out. I love you guys. Um, tell me what you like, don't like about the podcast. I want to make this for you. Um, I, w- I want to make this something that you uh, can be part of, dependably part of your week. So tell me what you want from this podcast. Ask me your questions. I'll try to answer them here. Um, I know I promised a Jason Quick interview last week and didn't deliver. Here's what happened. I didn't know Jason was going on the road, and then he did, and he wrote some fun stuff. So you got rewarded, not in audio format, but if you have a subscription to The Athletic, you got to read some good things. I'll try again with Jason this week because I th- he's got to be in town at least f- for uh, Thursday and Saturday because the Blazers play two games at the Moda Center. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll do it again soon.